So I'm super excited to let all of our listeners know that we have our first sponsor. And this is a big deal for me. It's a big deal in many ways. But the most important thing is that I wouldn't choose a sponsor that I didn't believe in. And our sponsor is Denny Tato. She is the president of Corporate Consciousness, and she uses a tool called the Enneagram. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's an amazing assessment, and it really helps in building emotional intelligence. I've used it. My husband has used it. I've recommended it to teams and to clients. But it's not just the tool. It's really more than that. It's Denny. Denny has this innate ability to coach teams and individuals. I know this because I coach others too. So take it from me. She's pretty amazing. So if you want to develop your greatest asset, your employees, you're ready to take it to the next level, check out corpconsciousness.com. Hey, listeners. This is Sarah. I'm in Dallas, Texas this week. And Matt Moran, my guest, is in New York. So I want to give a big shout out to Gwyn Sound because without them, we wouldn't have been able to do this remotely. So enjoy the episode. You know, challenges in life can be looked at as roadblocks or opportunities. I thought to myself, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to show the world how resilient a human being can be. Failing. 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 I we talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Well, I want to welcome Matt Moran. Matt, listeners, is a brother of one of my closest friends. He's a wonderful father and husband. He currently has kidney cancer, um, and he is the most inspiring person to talk about how to live every day to the fullest. So welcome, Matt Moran. Thank you, Sarah. It's an honor to be part of your uh, podcast today. So I'm... I just know you're going to fill everybody up with hope and inspiration, but let's talk about, let's start first with uh, where are you from, where you grew up? Terrific. Well, I was raised in Cincinnati uh, by two loving parents, and uh, I'm happy to say that after 55 years of marriage, they're still loving each other today. Uh, I was middle of uh, five children, um, two girls, and three boys. We all went to Catholic schools growing up. I went to St. Xavier High School in Cincinnati, and we all followed each other to Xavier University in Cincinnati as well. Uh, now, all I, I left five Cincinnati. Of you? All five of us went to Xavier. Yep. I did not yep. know that. Okay, all five. All right. All did your to, parents go all to, went Xavier? to Xavier? They did not. No, they did not. Okay. But, okay. Uh, Wait, why? Why the Xavier thing? Well, my grandfather played football. My, my mother's father played football at Xavier University, and then I had an uncle that played football there, and it was, always a, it was always a big thing to us. And so all five of us went there, and it was a, you know, still very important. We're close to the university today. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. um, and what neighborhood did you grow up in? Uh, we grew up in Green Hills. Now, my parents moved to Glendale when I was probably seventh or eighth grade. Okay. They, they actually just moved out of that house recently. They were there a long time, weren't they? 
Yes, they were. You know that house. So, Matt, yeah, I do know that house. I know that house well. Matt, being the middle child, um, are you, is that, are you typical middle child, like peacemaker, pleaser? I think some of my family would say yes, but uh, I, I certainly think so. Yeah. I like everybody getting along. Yeah. Okay. So grew up middle child. Tell me more. Um, so I left Cincinnati in 2000 and, uh, for a career opportunity. And, uh, no, I still love, I mean, Cincinnati is very close to me today. When my, my girls love coming back to Cincinnati, they're now seven and eight. Um, we visit two or three times a year. They know about the trifecta. I call the trifecta. That's Montgomery and ribs, skyline, chili <laughs> and graders ice cream. And we try to get the trifecta when we come back. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a very special place. Although, you know, even though I haven't lived there for 19 years. Yeah. Okay. So t- walk us through, so career path though. So you've w- worked yeah. in the financial. Yep. I've been in the financial services business my entire career. Uh, today I work for principal global investors, uh, headquartered in Des Moines, Iowa. And Which we'll I want to talk a little bit about. Yeah, yep, we'll talk, talk a little bit about, more about that. Yep. Um, but I got my start with Fidelity Investments, worked there for 13, 14 years. I joined Principal in 2004, been there ever since. I've moved around a little bit. Today I'm running the Northeast region for our investment only business out of Buffalo, New York, and uh, moved here in 2015. And, uh, okay. you know, that. That move is a pretty important move because basically one month after moving here is when I was first diagnosed with kidney cancer. And that was um, in 2015. 2015 uh, moved here in July. I guess it was two or three months there later, but uh, in I guess it was October of 15 is when I was first diagnosed. Okay, so for just for some background around kidney cancer, what were your yep. symptoms related to that? Uh, actually, that you know, I really didn't have any symptoms other than uh, my urine looked like uh, you know red Kool Aid for really basically three, three or four hours, you know, going and um, yeah, so I. I was out of town actually. I was in uh, I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, flying back to Buffalo, and I I remember boarding a plane and all morning long. That's what my my urine looked like, and uh, I called my wife and she got a hold of her brother and she said, you know, uh, he said check into the Max Center when you get in if you if you feel like it. You don't have to, but you did and. You know, lo and behold, I checked in there, and I didn't leave for seven days. So, really? Yep. Okay. Okay. The interesting thing about that, though, Sarah, was uh, back in 2015 when that happened, you know, they, they did remove my right kidney. I went home seven days later, um, did the biopsy on the, on the kidney told me it was kidney cancer, but they said I was kidney. I was, you know, I had no more, you know, nothing around it, nothing spread. And, uh, they told me I was cancer free 
And uh, I lived for the next three years operating under that mindset. And uh, it didn't really change anything. Because, you know, I'd just taken over a new territory, um, busy trying to ramp that up. And I didn't really take the time to even recognize that I had cancer at that time, quite honestly. Mm. And, uh, you know, things were going great. And um, I just, uh, it didn't, it didn't really... I think impact me like this most recent uh, news has. Okay. Yeah. So let's, why don't you move into that? Cause I think that's where that's the, the game changer, right? I mean, that's where your yeah. biggest growth. Yeah. Yeah. I say that the biggest growth and development has been over the last nine months. And, um, I think it's important, though, to go back. I know we talked on the phone a couple weeks ago about the impact of uh, a training that I went to at Principal. Uh, They host this uh, training session. It's called the Principal University, Y-O-U University. And it was put on in large part to make you a better you, um, make you a better father, make you a better husband, make you a better brother, son, and ultimately a better employee. And if they can, you know, do that, they're going to get more production out of you as a, an employee. So I go to this training in July of 2018. I was really excited about it. Heard some from some awesome speakers uh, all around just uh, resilience, perseverance, commitment. Um, and, uh, I was moved and I, you know, I did put into action some of the things that they talked about in terms of, you know, fitness and sleeping and stress and all that sort of stuff, but I didn't really fully embrace it. Yeah. And then, um, fast forward six months later, getting ready for our national sales meeting in San Diego. And, uh, some of the same people that we heard earlier were going to come to the, the, the big tent event at principal and we were going to have the opportunity to reconnect with some of them. And I was really excited about it. All, all being said, I was waiting for biopsy results. I had a, on a scan I had right around Thanksgiving, uh-huh. uh, they saw something and they biopsied it and I had not yet received the news yet. And literally, uh, this meeting's getting ready to get kicked off. And, um, you know, while, while, while I was really excited to see some of the, the, you know, the, the people I saw earlier at the university event, i had a lot of anxiety with respect to when am I going to hear the news from a doctor? And, right. uh, I texted him that morning because we were, you know, we be, became pretty close and I just asked him, I said, Hey, any news? And, uh, he immediately called me and I knew that wasn't good news because normally mm. he would text me information. And so I stepped out of the meeting and he gave me the news that my cancer had come back and that the, the tumor that they biopsy was in fact benign. And, um, you know, it all, it was, it was weird. I mean, I'm sitting here telling the story and I remember it like it was yesterday and I walked back in the room and the only person at the meeting that knew that I was waiting for these results was my boss, Rob. And he's a dear, aside from being my boss, he's a dear friend. And I, I walked back in the room and I said, Rob, I need to talk to you. I pulled him out 
and I told him that, um, you know, the news I just got from my doctor, I said, Hey, I'm just going to, I need to go up to my room. I need to call my, uh, my wife. I need to call my parents. And I called them both. And, and, uh, you know, we, we shared tears together, but we quickly, we turned to, uh, okay, what do I do? And I'm out in San Diego now. And Can you pause I had for to a figure second? Out, go ahead. Yeah. You said shared tears. Did you share? I know. I'm sure you shared tears with your wife and and parents. Yeah. Did you share tears with your manager, your boss? Well, I got a little. Ch- I, I got choked up a little bit, and, yeah. and he did yeah. as well. He did. He did as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. That and, was the kind of relationship uh, that you have with him. Oh yeah, it's very close. And so, so went up to my room, called everybody. Good friend on my team, Brett, Brett, Brett actually came up to my room to see me and, uh, we talked and we talked about what do I do? Do I stay there and absorb some of the inspiration that's going to be in the room for the next day and a half, or do I fly home? And I literally had just gotten there and right. I say, I decided, I decided to stay there, um, and it was hard for my wife. I think she wanted me to come home. And uh, so I stayed and uh, had an opportunity to revisit some of the things I was made aware of earlier. And it's just about, you know, treating the mind and the body and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and I stayed behind and I really felt like my recovery was going to start right then and there. And I'm very grateful for, for the opportunity to, to experience this all over again. Principles, um, gave me this opportunity and, um, yeah. So, so Matt, let's go. Can we go just a little bit deeper into that? First of all, I can't imagine having to call my significant other or my parents and have that conversation with them. I mean, that is torturous. Um, can you go a little bit deeper around then after that, when like around the mindset? I mean, what what were the shifts that were occurring? And then what inspired that or who inspired that? So in November, or July of the previous, you know, of 2018, There was one gentleman by the name of Todd Houston that presented to us and Todd is an amazing person. He's a, he's a mountain climber, but when he was 13 years old, he was, uh, he he lost his leg. So he's an amputee and he, he's holds a world record for summoning the highest peaks in every, all 50 States in the shortest amount of time. Um, and he did this. He, the world record is for not just handicapped, it's able-bodied people as well. And I got to meet him in July, and he really inspired me. And the one thing that he said is, you know, people change when they're ready to, to change. And, and, you know, never miss, don't miss that opportunity. And for whatever reason, I looked at, you know, for six months, you know, I had been kind of thinking about this sort of inspiration and, you know, challenges in life can be looked at as, 
you know, roadblocks or opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to show you, show, show the world how resilient a human being can be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that, uh, so I, I made the decision right then and there. And, um, we, we move forward. I, you know, I, you know, for those that are, you know, know my family, you know, I, I, I can be accused of being somewhat sarcastic <laughs> and in times of deep, you know, sincere and serious matters. And I, I remember like it was yesterday talking to my parents and, uh, you know, my, my mom and dad, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can, boy, I don't, I don't know how we're going to go, go through this. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, well, gosh, I'm the one that has to go through this, <laughs> you know? Right. And I, <laughs> right. I said, well, I said, well, mom and dad, I said, it would, it, I said, would it make you feel any better if I told you that I'm just pulling your leg over this whole thing? <laughs> and uh, my dad said to me, yeah, he's he's pretty sarcastic too. He he goes, he goes, Matt, if you're if you're pulling my leg right now, I would say that you're sicker than you really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I so love your dad I, so much. So, I can't even say it. So I, you know, while. It was a, you know, tough time. I, I kind of went to a comfort zone and I just wanted people, you know, I'm going to be okay. I wanted them to know yeah. I'm going to be okay. So we, so we laughed yeah. and, um, that was, and we laughed and, uh, I marched down to back down to the room and I sat next to my boss and I think he looked at me like, what are you doing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm here to, I'm here to glean from what, you know, the, the folks here on the stage have to uh, share with me. And, and what, what do you think you were meant to hear those next day, the, that day or the next day? So I, you know, honestly, that, that day and a half there, I don't think I, honestly, I really don't think I picked up anything that I hadn't already earlier because I took really good notes, but I just, I incorporated some of, you know, I just, I, I, I started to, um, incorporate some of the, now I've always been a fitness guy. I've always enjoyed physical fitness, but I never really paid attention to the mindfulness side of the equation. Okay. And, um, so I started to incorporate, you know, some meditation into the equation. Um, and, you know, uh, the spirituality side of the equation. I, I back up. I just want to share one, one other thing with it. So after this event came back, really close friend of mine here in Buffalo introduced me to a good friend of his. Had not met him. The guy's name is Dr. Roy Vontama. Roy okay. wrote a book 
The name of the book is Healing Before You're Cured. He's an oncologist, medical oncologist, and uh, practices in California. He wrote this book, and he talks about the four houses of health. It's your emotional health, your spiritual health, physical health, and mental health. Hold on, slow slow down that. Slow down. So emotional, spiritual. Physical and mental. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... uh, and I, you know, shortly after coming back from California in this, this big stage event, and I, you know, the university actually had the opportunity to connect with Roy, talk to him. Uh, he's from Buffalo. And, um, you know, I read his book actually before it was even published. It got published in, I want to say February or March of this year, but I read it before it was, you know, I got it on a P emailed it to me on a PDF and, mm-hmm. The, the four houses. And so, have you incorporated? Like you've incorporated those four houses. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. So, physical side, I'd always say I've done a pretty good job on. But what I've really, I think, neglected over the years is the mental, emotional, and, and spiritual. We were raised. I think I mentioned earlier. We were raised in a you know Catholic family, and that, you know the the. Christianity and was really important in our Catholic faith, but I, re- I really learned more about that side and how important that is to just total well-being. And um, so I get the the spiritual piece, but what's the difference between emotional and mental? How are those yeah, two different? Yeah, really houses? good question. I yeah, so I'm. So I've talked to him quite a bit about this. So the emotional side is more how you react to things. If you, you know, how you emote, like just, it's your reaction um, to it. The mental side is what you allow into the mind. And um, so that, you know, I do meditate today uh, quite regularly. I'd say probably three or four times a week we're doing it. And it's, you know, yep. quiet. 10, 15 minute sessions. Uh, also, you know, I would throw yoga into that camp, but the emotional side of it is really how you're going to react. But if, okay. if the mind is in a good spot, you're able to emotionally react sure. more rationally. Healthy. Yeah. Healthy versus so, unhealthy. So- I, I have heard out of the 45, um, episodes that I've done on the show, one of the common themes is around like that spiritual or, and a lot of it's mindfulness with the spiritual piece. Um, even though I know he puts it in a different bucket, but, um, I have found that the most resilient people are able to rely on that piece. And the meditation yep. is huge. It's so important. Yeah, that's what I've, I've found. Um, the way he laid it out for me, though, is really, because it, it's, they're all intertwined. If not, one's not mm-hmm. working, it, it, they all affect each other. But yeah. they take different, um, call it exercises, to make sure that you're, properly uh, tuning them up. 
And so, uh, so what do you feel like is your calling? What what is your purpose since you've been diagnosed the second time? Yep. So if if you look at uh, there's 1.5 million people that will hear that they have cancer in the United States this year. 1.5 million. Wow. Uh, of those, um, 800,000 or so will die of cancer. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, you know, there's been so many people that have come before me, um, my mother and sister included, that mm-hmm. have persevered and beaten this disease. And there's been billions of dollars that have gone into research and treatments. And, you know, I'm on a treatment program that requires me to be in Boston every other week for immune therapy. And, you know, my side effects have been fairly mild. I'm still actively on a treatment program, but I'm so grateful for everybody's contribution that has come before me. And when I say contribution, that's, um, patients that have fought this disease and anybody that has financially contributed to cancer care and cancer treatment that Mm -hmm. I feel it's my obligation as a patient to, you know, document in, in, uh, you know, how uh, I've been able to take this and, and move forward because if, while I need medicine to get well, yeah. um, there's also a part that I need to do, and that's to make sure that my mind, my body, and my spirit are strong. And if I'm sitting back saying, woes me, like, oh, this really stinks that I have to go through cancer, you know, cancer treatment, and I have to, you know, um, you know miss this or miss that. No, I this I am blessed to be able to be in the space that I'm in right now with the outlook, and I just want to inspire others such that they can say, "No, here's my opportunity. Here's my opportunity to share with others that you know how fortunate we are." Tell them the name of the blog because I think it's so fitting for what you just said. Yeah, so the blog I started. Um, it's just gratitude mat and it's just www.gratitudemat.com. Anybody that wants to, you know, take a look at it, they can, you know, I, I try to add to it on a weekly basis and, um, you know, write about things that I've kind of witnessed or experienced. And, uh, you know, do you feel um, like you have a heightened awareness now because life is so precious? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I just have uh, everybody. And by the way, I think the work that you're doing on Failing Forward is awesome. It's really remarkable and Thank it you. inspires me. And, um, you. you know, you're, but everybody without question is, has some sort of struggle that they're dealing with. And really it's, it's, I think if I go back to the four houses, it's, you know, if, if any one of those is, you know, not 
in sync or it's, you know, off kilter a little bit, the, the, how they respond to that, um, obstacle is going to be affected. And so I just, I think that, um, you know, for me, I just want to try to inspire others to respond optimally. Can you give an example of, so with the emotional one, and you said that's how you react to things. Can you share a story of how that played out? Either you handled it well, or you didn't handle it as well as you thought. And so it was good learning for the next time. Well, this is, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I blogged on this. So, um, I was sitting in a client's office, um, yeah. and, uh, waiting for, for him. And he was about 25, 30 minutes late. I, I considered standing up and walking out and, but I sat there and I said to myself, there's probably real good reason why he's late. You know, he's a upstanding guy and, and probably a real good reason why he's late. Yeah. I sat there and he walks in and he said, Matt, I'm terribly sorry. He goes, I just came from my good friend's wife's funeral and I just couldn't, mm-hmm. I, I thought I'd be able to get out, the, out of there sooner than I had it. And I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. And I said, uh, his name's Bruce. And I said, Bruce, I said, I'm sorry you didn't call me to let me know that you were at the funeral because I would have t- totally understood. And I told him, I said, yeah, I said, I right now, mortality, I understand mortality really well. And yeah. I can sit and honestly tell you that I don't think I'm going to die of this disease. I don't, but I don't know that. I don't know that. And, but I, I don't. So I told him, I said, Bruce, you know, and I told him I'm being treated for cancer right now. We sat there and talked for an hour now about really? he, he, his daughter has gone through just, a, you know, she's been through several different, a couple of different fights and she's doing well now today. And he talked about this and, you know, w- what I recognize is just the just being real and just being like honest and open and not had I been so caught up in the fact that that Bruce was not on time for my meeting, I probably would have stood up, walked out, and never really gotten to know him. Yeah. And now I've connected on a much different level, and um, that hour so afterwards. We never got to any business discussion. We didn't get there. <laughs> we never got there. But it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. Things happen for a reason. We're, God, puts, God presents opportunities to us in really different ways. It's how you respond to them that define you as a human being. And that's kind of what I'm really having fun with now. Is just Well, and not that it's... Not that it's like your end game, but I would think connecting with a client on that deeper level, they're more likely to do business with you if you've got a quality product than they would somebody that they didn't connect with and they they didn't have a quality product. So 
Um, not that that was your end game at all, but it, you know, it's interesting. I am, um, I'm out of town while we record this episode. And so I'm at a conference and I'm noticing that all I really crave is to have a real, like connected conversations with people and not so surfacey conversations. And in, you know, sales roles, um, I would think that I, I think that that can be challenging at times. Well, I, I think what this is actually from a business perspective, my business is yeah. last nine months has really taken off. Um, and I don't know if there's a direct correlation between, you know, I, I think there's a direct correlation in terms of how I'm interacting with people. I'm more aware of is I'm sitting here with my own, obstacle, I'm more aware that the client on the other side, they've got something dealing with, and I'm just much more understanding of stuff that comes up and not so. You're not so selfish. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, so I, um, I think that, uh, you know, the, um, I'm having fun with it and, and I don't talk about my disease to, there, there are a lot, there are several clients that do know about my disease. Um, right. not everybody, but when appropriate, I'm fine with it. Like I, I think a lot of people are afraid to like, just, um, why would you like, some people will say, well, why would you let them know that you have cancer? I'm saying, well, probably because they probably know somebody that, is dealing with something similar. And if I can in some way, shape or form inspire them, then yeah. that's good. That's good. Why would I keep it to myself? Why would I right. keep that to myself? Totally. So yeah. I, um, I think it's interesting too. And I don't know if this is the time, but so um, my dad, when I was young had cancer and he was in a similar field as you were, but Matt, he did not want anybody to know, like literally no one to know because this is the 80s, early 90s, because I think it was a fear. And maybe this was just him and not the industry, but I think um, it was a fear that if people thought that he was ill and dying, that they wouldn't use him, you know, that they wouldn't use him as, yeah. a, as their stockbroker. Um, yeah. And so we, I think now that you're sharing this, I'm, I'm recalling some memories that we had to keep it secret for a little while. Now that did not last. Um, and, and it wouldn't, it didn't jive with the way that my mom <laughs> was her personality because she was like an open book. Um, sure. but I think that that would be very weighing. And to go back to the four houses, um, that's certainly not helping your emotional, spiritual or mental health. Not. If you have to you keep can, secrets you know, like that. Absolutely not. Talking about it's healthy. Talking about it's real. And yeah. talking about, I mean, we live in a human world, you know, that, yeah. that, that uh, we, we live in a relationship world. And I think, um, you know, I think we're called to help others and, mm. um, and other people want to help me as well. And there are a lot of people that have helped me. I mean, I, had it not been much for my friend Greg, I never would have connected with Roy. I mean, Roy lives in Roy Fontana lives in California, but right. I, you know, 
I've been able to connect with him. And, and, but, um, no, I, so uh, right. it, that's so true. The one thing I want to, I do want to, so I mentioned, I went to St. Xavier high school and Xavier university, both of which are Jesuits universities. And I never, what's amazing to me is I never realized like the Je- Jesuit motto is men for others, and women for others. And I never, I've heard that for so long and I never realized like how impactful that really is. And today I just, I'm, I'm really trying to live by that motto and it's just, just help others. And, and through that, I'm helping myself yeah. as well. You know, it's like, you know how you hear, sometimes you'll, you'll hear a quote and you think that's just words. And then you have a life experience and those words become meaningful and you get them. Totally. No, and that's, understand. Yes. Totally. Right. Yeah. That's what changed for you. Yep. Yep. And that's a gift. That is like a total gift. So Matt, is there anything that you could share with others, like some tips that you know that keeps you on a solid road to recovery? Uh, there are. There, I, I think you know, and uh, for anybody that's looked at my read my blog, um, probably seven or eight blogs ago, I started to end each blog with these three things, and uh, I try to do these three things every single day. And I think if your listeners try could try to incorporate some of this each day, I think they'd find themselves in a much more calming and peaceful place. And, and the first thing that I try to do is I try to find something that I'll, I'm grateful for today. And one of which is just participating in this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. The second is I, I try to really be present to whom I'm in front of. And right now you and I are present together, even though we're remote, we are present, we're together. And I just try to be present for others and then the last thing is I, I ask myself, what am I, fi- what am I feeding my mind, body, and soul? Because I'm a real big believer. You become what you put into. And um, if you're not feeding properly, you run the risk of, um, you know, something being out of alignment. So those are the three things being, what am I grateful for being present to others? And what are you feeding yourself? Those are amazing. So I got to ask you, what, can you give any suggestions of some things right now that you're either reading, watching, listening to that feeds your mind, body, or soul? Like, how do you give us maybe one or two things that you do right now that's um, been exciting? Most people are probably familiar with, first off, I'm not the best reader. My wife will attest that I've gotten better at it, (laughs) but I'm really obsessed with, uh, TED Talks, yeah, or me too. Goal, Goalcast. Uh, yeah. And if you just Google Goalcast Inspiration, there are some amazing, um, just short video clips out there. And I'll I'll sit sit up at night. Um, unless well, one in particular, a guy by the name of um, John O'Leary. Yeah, he's got a podcast okay. himself, but. John O'Leary is an inspirational guy, Um, burned 95% of his body when he was eight or nine years old. Uh, And today he's 
he's living inspired. And that's his whole motto is living inspired. And John has really inspired me. Uh, but there's other, but I found him through Goldcast in just a video. And he's got a book out. I haven't read his book yet, but he's a, you know, I just, I like videos. I'm a visual guy. And so I'll, I'll stay yeah. up at night and just watching just short clips. And, uh, yeah, I do. One other thing I should mention, I yeah. am reading on a daily basis. I read uh, a devotional. It's called Jesus Calling. And I do wake up oh. every morning and I read that. Um, so that's kind of Love that. walking, Spiritual. getting started in the right direction. Spiritual, getting started in the right direction. All right. So I want to close out with this question. What are one to two things that if your daughters were listening to this 10 years from now, what do you want them to know or learn? I, oh boy, that's a good question. Um, I would want them to know that everything's going to be okay. And um, just, but you have to do the work. You have to do, you know, do your part. You have to participate. But as long as you, you know, have a plan, have a strategy, and you commit to it, everything's going to be okay. Because, you know, life happens. Things come up. And we hit bumps in the road. But as long as they, you know, have God on their side and are treating their body and their mind properly, everything's going to be okay. Okay. I wish you could see my face because I am tearing up right now because I think that's the perfect thing to tell your children. I'm sorry to make you tear up. (laughs) It was so inspiring. (laughs) It was like my dad was talking through you. It was so good, Matt. Oh, <laughs> that was good, my friend. Love that. Wow. Awesome. Um, okay. You are a gift. I'm so happy that we made this work. And um, you're the best. Love you. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. I love you, too. And let's absolutely get together when I'm down to Cincinnati next. You got it. So you may know that our Patreon page is live. But what you might not know is that we recently added a new perk, early access to every Failing Forward episode. As a reminder, Patreon is a donation platform, and by becoming a donor, you help us grow and market the show. Plus, you get bonus content like our monthly newsletter and the Face Your Fears Toolkit. And now, with a pledge of $2 or more, you can stream new episodes before anyone else can. So donate today by visiting failforwardpod.com. I want to thank our sponsor, Corporate Consciousness, and everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Fail Forward Pod. 